Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday, July the 20th, 2023. It is currently 10.51 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's over. It is now complete. It is now finished. The 2023 National Sword Conference ended this evening a few hours ago, and I am guessing that most of the people who attended the conference, they're either back in their home, probably asleep, back in their motel, probably got everything packed up because they're going to be leaving in the morning. Maybe some, maybe, like in my mind, I would, lo- I would love to believe it worked this way. A number of people are sitting in the hotel lobby or they got together to talk about the conference and to talk about the sermons and, and to just talk about their Christian lives and their struggle. Like in my mind, that happened. I don't know if it did. Um, in my mind, I wish it would work that way. But I, for me, whenever a conference ends and I didn't go to a lot of conferences, I didn't go to a lot. And, and most of my, experiences in most Christian conferences I attended, always it always ended in a somewhat negative way. And I know that should not be, <laughs> no, that should not be, but it just did. And there's a number of reasons for it, but it just always felt somewhat disappointing. But the 2023 National Sword Conference, now obviously I was not there physically, but I was there watching via their live stream. And I am very appreciative very grateful that they provided a live stream for for all the major sessions. They didn't do it for their little seminars. I don't know why, but they did it for all the sessions. The live stream worked very well for the most part. They had a couple of problems here and there with volume or the mics not being on, but you know, your normal technical problems. They worked past all of those technical problems. If anyone mentioned anything in the chat on YouTube, they seemed to respond relatively quick to any technical issues. And so I'm very appreciative. They made it available and they made it available for free. They made it available for free right there and anyone could tune in. And I, I think I saw pretty much... I don't, maybe I missed one or two, but for the most part, I think I saw every single message. I think I saw all of them. I don't think I missed one. I think I saw all of them. And um, now some of them I was distracted and had to leave in the middle here or there or go do things. But for the most part, I was there and got to watch and listen to everything that happened at the 2023 National Sword Conference. I don't know. I don't know if you appreciated this kind of, you know, thing that we've done, trying to get everyone to watch it, then me talking about it. I don't know if it added anything. I just know this. One of the things I love about my podcast is I love to just kind of let, I mean, I don't, I like to just, whatever happens sometimes kind of other, sometimes other things controls the direction of the podcast more than me having some kind of specific plan. I like when things just kind of like, I stumble upon something, I'm like, Hey, let's do this. And and then like, okay, next week, let's do this. And we just kind of, you never know what's coming. You never know what's going to happen. It, it's, it's not always the same thing. I hopefully it's, it's enough variety to keep you listening. So I, I do love the fact that we just kind of stumbled into this 
And then we had the whole <laughs> trying to get the 2022 conference here so that we could review some of the messages and that it showed up on a thumb drive and it was delivered by Pony Express. Just everything about everything that happened with the conference I thought was fun. I thought was interesting. And uh, I hope it was beneficial. Now, for me, in my mind right now, In my mind, this is kind of how I feel. Everyone has left the church there where the conference happened. Everyone left the church. And I'm assuming all the lights are off in the church. It's dark in the sanctuary. And there's a part of me. Now, I'm also broadcasting late at night. But even even if I wasn't, this is how I always envision it after a conference. It's just to walk back to the sanctuary, walk back to the church where the conference happens. I know some conferences happen in like an arena, but uh, in a in a church and just kind of just go back and just sit down and just think about all the sermons, all the songs, how people responded to the sermons, maybe promises they made, commitments they made, if they got emotional, whatever emotional response they had, whether good, bad, whatever their thinking was, good or bad, all of that happened over, you know, what, a four-day span, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all four days, and um, it's over. And I would like to just kind of sit there in the sanctuary and go, so what really happened here? Like, now, because now you're, you're removed from the singing, you're removed from the preaching, you're removed from all the people, you're removed from all the emotion. So what really happened? Did something of great spiritual significance take place? Because I think in many times Christians like to convince themselves that something of great significance took place. I can remember many times as a teenager when our church, especially here in West Texas, it was common back then for churches, many of the Baptist churches to have revival. They would have a fall revival. I never remember when the other one was. Maybe, I don't know if it was summer. I don't remember. I always just remember the fall revival. Maybe I remember the fall revival because while I became a Christian, during a fall revival service. So maybe that's why I always remember the fall revival. So, but I remember the revival services and I always remember that it was so built up, like, you know, this is going to, God's going to move and all of these things are going to happen. And I remember always lots of emotion and excitement during that week of revival. But when it was all said and done, many times as a teenager, I would go back, I know I shouldn't say, admit this, but hey, it's small town, West Texas. I would break into the church. I broke into the church all the time, okay? I was always breaking into the church. I don't know why I didn't just ask for a key, but it was cooler that I just figured out how to break in all the time. But I would break into the church and I would just go sit in the sanctuary after it was all said and done. And I would just kind of just, I can't, I can't really express, I would just try to soak it in. Like what really happened? And, and I did note, now this is going to sound somewhat negative, but I'm just being, I'm just being honest with kind of how my post-conference feelings, and, and because I have a lot of experience with this, sometimes I would, I would always like, there was a part of me, because usually in conferences, I'm a kind of an emotional person anyway, there, there, I would get somewhat emotional at some point, just emotional because, you know, so many times in these conferences and revivals, there's always kind of a, a Christian life 
that is kind of sold to you. It's kind of lifted up to you, right? And it's a Christian life that you you want to believe you can achieve. You want to experience. You want that. You want this passion. You want this fire. You want this zeal. You want this holiness. You want this godliness. You want everything to be, and, and you want it so bad because, I mean, you're a Christian. You want it to be this way. And so there's always a part of me afterwards that I, I think there was always a little bit of like, Man, I got so emotional. I, I, I know I'm gonna do this, but there was always this fear that I don't think I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna turn out this way. There was always sometimes just a, and I don't even know what called it fear. It, maybe it was just a, some questions in the back of my mind because so many times I would see all of the hype, all of the excitement, only. Two weeks later, sometimes it didn't even take two weeks. Everyone in the church was just back to normal. Nobody was showing up who have read more, studied more. I'm not saying that there wasn't ever any any individuals who may have gone through a more, quote unquote, dramatic change. But I'm just saying within a couple of weeks or months, everything was just felt right back to normal. Church as usual. People going back to their, their, the, the, the people you talked to, even though everyone talked about, oh man, this was so good. And, and it, it, reality set back in. I would see the same thing. Now, I never participated in it, but I saw a lot of, I saw it with young people. I mean, it's summertime. I saw it from from the time I became a Christian through most of my Christian life until I became a pastor. Every summer, you hype up summer camp. You hype up summer camp. In many cases, the, the, the teenagers have to go find ways to earn money. I never understood that. Car wash, do something ridiculous to earn money to go to church camp. And it's like, why is other people paying for our kids to go to church camp? If the church wants the kids to go to church camp, the church had paid for the kids to go to the church camp, not trying to raise money by selling candy bars or doing car washes or selling calendars or whatever other nonsense you have to do to, to raise money for, if the, if it's a ministry that the church believes in, then the church pays for. I don't, I, 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 I just blows my mind how that would always work, but you hype it up, get the kids excited. Now everybody, they load up one early morning, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and they're gone. They're gone. Now, I would never go. I never went. Never. Always refused. And then when I became a parent, my kids never went. I, I just refused to do anything with church camps because I, I oh, I, lo- I, just, I never liked them. I felt that it was isolation, indoctrination, and emotional manipulation. That's what I thought it, I thought it was. Or it was a place to go to have as much fun as possible, throw in a little Jesus and everyone hypes up this little bit of Jesus and then act like something of great spiritual significance takes place. And then when you come back and they have their little video showing everything that happened at church camp, 80% of it is fun, 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 fun. But then they'll show, you know, the last night, everyone's got their arms around each other singing, you know, Michael W. Smith, friends, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, everyone's crying, whatever. It was just, oh, and the kids would come back. And within, I mean, whenever church camp was, by the time school started, they were just the same teenagers they were before church camp. They came back all emotionally fired up and it always just seems like the bottom just dropped out. I'm never saying that not any one person came back. I'm saying the general thing was just hype it up and it's over. 
So, so conferences, when they're over, I always, I'm always just very, I guess, I do a lot of reflection, a lot of thinking, a lot of just trying to like, I wonder what happens. So, I mean, right now in North Carolina, that church, that they, they, the, it's, it's empty right now. There's no one in it. Now, where, where are all the people? I wonder what they're doing. Now, to be fair, I didn't feel the conference did a lot of hyping it up in a sense that they, t- they talked about how great it was. It was a blessing, how amazing it was, how great the preaching was. There was a little, but I don't feel like that they were talking about, you know, revival happened and everyone was changed. I thought they, they did a pretty good job and kind of met, that was kind of measured, right? Not like I've seen in some places. I thought it was much more measured, but I just wonder. And, and I, and I got to compare it to something. And I know, um, this will probably just make someone mad, but I do have to compare it to this. I do have to compare it to this. Um, whenever I go to, a, now I'm just going to have to compare it to this. And I know, you know, sometimes, you know, in a Christian podcast, just don't mention anything, but hey, I just try to be real. Everyone knows I love professional wrestling. And if you've ever been to a professional wrestling, big pay-per-view right? Big pay-per-view. Some of the big ones are obviously WrestleMania, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, the Royal Rumble. There's like the big four. And if you've ever go to any of them and you stay at a hotel that's relatively close to where the pay-per-view is, where a lot of the wrestling fans are going to be, I always found it awesome that sometimes you can come out of the pay-per-view and go into the lobby and there'll be all the wrestling fans there talking about the storylines, the story arc, the good, the bad, the good matches, what they like, what they don't like, how they think the storyline is going to go from here, making predictions. And it's really cool because there's a passion and an excitement about it. Sometimes I felt like in Christian uh, conferences, sometimes I know that probably happened. I just never got to be a part of it with the wrestling community. It was more, I always felt it was more opening and welcoming. Like, Hey, come on in. Uh, I, maybe that's just my own experience, but whatever the case may be. But I would hope that there, that something will, 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 will follow people after it. I hope. And a lot of these questions and doubts. I'm not even doubts. I'm using the word doubt on purpose, but I didn't want to use it right then. All of these questions and thinking about it is because I just tend to be reflective because I, at least for me, and I'm just going to say this again, and then I'll, I'll get to a little bit about what happened tonight. I'll get to a little bit here in just a minute. Um, cause I have the, I have some notes here, but, um, At least for me, I feel that too many times, and and I've preached this a lot, there's a Christianity that is sold. There's a Christianity that is hyped. There's a Christianity that is offered. But it's not a Christianity that's actually experienced more than these little temporary moments of emotional like you may experience temporarily due to emotions and I, and I and I don't want to just say emotional manipulation but emotionalism you get emotional you you get that feeling right you get it and then and you get that excitement and then but but just your everyday Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Christian life I just feel like it's not it's not what we sell it to be 
I feel like in a lot of preaching and teaching, you, you know, now, uh, with, and this is even true in many Christian books, there's always these stories, these stories, these never-ending stories, these stories, these stories about this experience and this experience and this. And, this, and they, it's, it's described like kind of this is the way the Christian life is supposed to be. But then when you really live your Christian life, it's not all that that everyone hypes it up to be, which then I think sometimes people are kind of la- like, I'm being told it's this, but this is my reality, which then can lead to disillusionment, discouragement, depression, deconstruction. I usually say, I'll use it along those lines, saying it that way. I think, I think in some ways, the conference industrial complex, and I'm not saying the sword conference falls into this since they don't charge anyone to attend. So I don't really necessarily say they fall into it. But I think the sword or the sword, the conference world, because there is a and there's a huge industry out there for Christian conferences. They thrive on the fact that people want that experience. They they go to get that emotional lift that that built they, they say being built up in the faith, but they're being built up into kind of an emotionalism. And, and then when it go, dies back down, you go back to a conference. You fly, you you drive, you you book a hotel, you go and you have that experience. And and there's probably a lot there that you love, but I just don't know, does it ever translate? to you ever really getting what was being sold to you. And I'm saying being sold to you. I mean, if, the, if you had to pay to get in, then it was being sold to you. If it was free, then it wasn't being sold to you. But whatever was being presented or sold to you at the conference, does it ever translate to a person's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday life? And I'm not so sure it does. Maybe the question, maybe after 18 minutes, maybe what I'm trying to get to is this. What should be the reasonable, biblical, spiritual understanding of what the normal Christian life looks like? What is a reasonable biblical, realistic understanding of what the everyday Christian life should look like. Now, we can say this is what we strive for it to look like. We want our hearts to be right with God. We want our worship to, to have some sense of sacrifice in it. We want, we want this and we want that and, and we want to serve God and we want holiness and we want righteousness and we want to be, have a passion for the lost and we want to see people getting saved and we, like, all of these things that's kind of hyped or maybe I'm using the wrong word. All these things that are presented does it ever translate to your life and my life in anywhere close to the to to the reality 
Now, some people will say, even if it doesn't, you need that encouragement. You need that exhortation. You need that challenge. And I understand that. But after so much of going through the cycle, don't you just become more and more jaded, more and more frustrated? So then when people are presenting it that way, you're not even moved by it anymore. There's plenty of times, plenty of conferences I found myself in. I'd be literally weeping. I'd be broken and I'd be crying and I'd be, I mean, like devastated. And then I'm like, okay. And then I would envision in my mind what my Christian life is going to look like now. You know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to get rid of everything. I'm going to spend basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week, reading my Bible, listening to hymns. I'm not going to do anything else. And, and, and I would really mean it. And then I would just kind of slide back into my normal life. Now, sliding back into my normal life, did I go, did I fall back into some kind of sin and apathy and ungodliness and worldliness? And the Christian life really is to look at, look like the way it's kind of presented in many of these conferences. Or is what's being presented in the conference not an accurate and true description of what the Christian life should look like. Now, there's plenty of scripture that you could you could compile that would seem to, you know, you could say, well, man, I, I mean, we are supposed to love God with all of our heart, mind, body, and soul. Now, the point is, can we ever do that? If you say no, well, then you can't say that's the normal expectation for the Christian life. Be holy as God is holy. That is definitely a command. Can you do that? If you can't, then you cannot make that the normal expectation for the Christian life. So then you have to look at all the commands and all these things that describe this. If, if that, if we cannot do that, then by describing it, really all you're doing is giving people law, which is only going to condemn them and only going to destroy them. And so you better offer them something other than, Hey, this is the way the Christian life is going to be going to be lived. Because if you never can live that, then all you're going to do is destroy someone. What is, what should the normal Christian life look like? No, I think everyone's theology is radically different here because many Christians, it should be this way. It should be this way. I remember, I think Jack Chick, he does the Chick tracks. Remember I talked about the Chick tracks that I found, one of them I found in the the restroom at the uh, movie theater, right? A Chick Publications at www.chickchick.com. And I think he has a book on revival. It's almost written like kind of a, like a comic book. And it's based off the writings of, of Finney, of Charles Finney, which I believe Charles Finney was an absolute heretic. But I remember purchasing that book and I, I looked at it over and over and over and over and over and over again because it was really a challenge that this is how you get revival. This is what you cannot do. And, 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 and I, and I wanted it to be what my Christian life was, but I don't think my Christian life ever got there. I say, I don't want to just settle. I don't want to settle for something. I don't want to settle for a Christian life. That's not what it should be. Right. So I'm not saying that, but at the same time, I don't want to have an expectation or, or saying, Hey, this is what my Christian life should be. But yet there's no way in reality that it can ever be that due to, well, I still have a sinful nature or I still have to live my life. Right. 
Or do you believe that the Christian life basically is sell all of your possessions and basically go live in a commune or in a monastery? Now, what I used to do sometimes as a young person, I would get very angry, right? Because I I would hear everything preached at the conference or everything preached in the revival service. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. We're going to read. We're going to pray. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do. And then I would look around like, whoa, wait, 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 what happened? And I'm like, what's the problem? Nobody else was moved by this. Nobody else was. And, and, I, and I couldn't understand why everybody just kind of just resorted back to normal. Nobody was reading really anymore. Nobody was really memorizing scripture anymore. Nobody. Everybody just seemed like right back to the normal. That now in the revival, they were like, amen. And they were lifting their hands and they were talking about how God was moving. And it was amazing. And it was a beautiful experience. And then it would be like, we're just a... What was all of that? It almost sometimes felt like that we played pretend for a week. We were playing dress up for a week. Now, maybe we really meant it that we really thought it, but it just always, and I would get mad. And I'd be spiritually arrogant and condemning and like, you bunch of stinking hypocrites. You made all of this talk and you didn't mean any. And then I would talk a big game. Of course, me and myself would be sliding right back to the way I was as well. But I would be self-righteous and arrogant thinking, well, I have to do. This is what it's supposed to be. So I've got to condemn it. But I never stopped to go, what really should it look like? What really should it look like? What should it look like? What is your expectation? I mean, honestly, look, because, because here's the thing. I think when it comes to your Christian life and my Christian life, we've got what we love, what we want it to be, what we would long for it to be. You really should write this down. You should get a piece of paper and write out what you would want your Christian life to look like. Like if you're honest, just how your every day would look, what it would consist of, what it would involve, how you would live your life. Right. I think you actually, I think, and hopefully you have strong spiritual desire for a Christian life that is way different than what you currently experience. But you should write down, this is what you long for. This is what you desire. Then I think you should write down the reality of your Christian life. What does your Christian life actually look like? What, like, and in contrast, this is what I really want. This is what I really have. Why are the two different? Now, it may be because of a lack of desire. Maybe, maybe you don't desire it as, as much as you claim. Maybe you're not really trying. I mean, we can be honest with that, right? Maybe we're not putting forth the effort. I mean, it's easy to say, I want to, I want to have, you know, I want to have a, be more in shape. I want more muscle mass. I want, I want abs, a six pack. I want, I want this and, and never do anything to obtain it. Right. I mean, you, a lot of times we say we want something, but we really don't want it. But, but just write down what you, if you, if, if you, if you could, if you were, if you're honest, what would be the Christian life you would want? And then what is your, the Christian life that you're really living? Come on, just be honest with your daily life. Come on. How do, and just look at the conflict between the two. And then, I want you to write out, and your third thing is what you think the a realistic look of what your Christian life should be. What should it be? Now, I think what I think possibly, I think realistically, your expectation probably should be a little bit more than what you're currently having. 
But I don't know if it can ever be what you really, really want it to be. Because I don't know if what we want it to be, we can ever achieve on this side of heaven. So there's, there's going to be some, some conflict there, right? Here's what I wish my Christian life could look like. And I really want be somewhat detailed. What it look like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What would you do? What were the things you would not do? And then write, write down the reality of your Christian life. And sometimes Christians don't want to be honest. I love when Christians say, I don't watch very much TV. And then all they can ever talk about is TV. <laughs> okay. You're like, really? You don't? That's all you ever talk about. Well, I really don't. I don't know why people get so caught up in these things. And you're just like, you, you're this, you got to be very open and honest with yourself. And then what do you think is a reasonable expectation for a person's Christian life? Now, I understand the conference is there to try to exhort and challenge and convict to move people forward so they will move forward in their Christian life, that they will become more committed to the scriptures, more committed to soul winning, more committed, and, and that, they will, that they, they, they will have a sense of revival. But the reality is, I don't think we ever get there. Now, one thing that happened in, that's happened frequently in the Sword of the Lord conference, and, and we could debate this, is sometimes they took these stories in the Bible and then immediately made them about us. And you could be like, I don't know. Is that, is that really for, what are we to really do with this? Like, for example, there was a sermon where uh, P, uh, Jesus tells Peter, I think, take to Peter, the disciples, to put the nets down on the right sh- side of the ship. And then the whole sermon turns about being the right side is not the left side, and the left side can't be the right side. And, and it's like, I, I, was is, do we to draw some great significance about him putting the net down on the right side? Is it like, because it's the right, like, and then he went through all the things that are on the right hand. The, the, Jesus is on the right hand of the Father, and the right hand is the... And so... There were some things there, but I mean, does it really mean, do, do we really take that to ourselves? Like, what do we really do with that? I don't know if that would impact anything. There's some sermon notes here that I wanted to go over, but I don't think I'm going to go over them. I think I'm going to leave it here because I think this is really kind of where, because I think, I think it's fair to say that they always tell you to come to the conference because it's going to be a time of great spiritual growth, great spiritual blessing. You'll be changed. You'll be transformed. You'll be encouraged. You'll be blessed. And they make all of these promises. And then a lot of times within the messages, it does kind of present a Christian life that this is the way it's supposed to look like. This is what you're striving for. This is what you should be. And I think everyone in those conferences then say, that's what I want my Christian life to be. That's what I'm going to strive to do. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do better at this. I'm going to do better at this. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. But I think the reality is we never get what that is. So then we have to ask ourselves once again, I get, I get three things. I think maybe the three things I want you to take away from this. I know this is not my original plan when I turned on the microphone, but I really, I, all of these messages have tried to just me processing my own reaction to it. And I don't 
process things the way the normal people. I know normally you would be like, well, tonight we started off with Shelton Smith and his message was, I, I, that's probably what you thought I was going to do, but I don't, I'm not so good at doing that, right? I just try to process everything and try to think about it and try to go a little deeper than just the, hey, here are the points. Now, I will attach to this episode the notes for today. Um, I think, I think, I think these are the notes for all, I think all, these are all the notes for the whole day. So uh, seven pages, there'll be a PDF file, uh, seven pages, and you can look at all the sermon notes yourself. So that will be attached as a PDF on the Church One app, that's Church O-N-E, look for Theology Central, or the Sermons 2.0 app, look for uh, Theology Central and look for the series Eye on Christianity. That's where right now these messages are going to be. I think we're going to move them over to their own their own uh, series, um, maybe tomorrow, who knows? It's going to be a crazy next couple of days. I got to perform a wedding and all kinds of stuff. So it's going to be crazy, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll probably do some more, a couple of more broadcasts maybe. But for me, I guess where I'm left with is conferences in general try to get you basically to see a Christian life and tell you that and almost sell it or at least present it as that's what you should be. That's what you should be living. So I want you to identify what you, what you think the Christian life should look like, what you think it, what you would really want it to be. And then I want you to really, and painstakingly detail, describe what your Christian life is. And I know most of you are not going to perform this exercise, but if you would, I think it would be very important. And then you can just immediately see why do I think that that's what I can get when this is what I can't really be? And why am I not getting it? And then ask yourself, though, what do you think is a reasonable biblical expectation or, or a reasonable expectation of what the Christian life should be? What is a biblical idea of what it really should be? And you got to take into consideration that we're still sinners. We can never be perfect. We can never love God with all of our heart, mind, body, and soul. We can never be as holy as him. Think of all the things we can never achieve. So your Christian life, whatever you want it to be, whatever it can be in reality, it can't be anything close to perfection. And if it can never be anything close to perfection, and then you got to also take into consideration just the reasonableness of what you can and can't do from a practical standpoint, work, raising kids, sleep, paying the bills, <laughs> life. Now, if anybody does participate in this, please email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone wants a Christian life that I think is often sold and presented in sermons and conferences and camps. But I don't know if we, we, I don't think we can ever get there. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't put forth effort and try and try to see where the problem is. But I think we do need to identify kind of what can we expect the Christian life to honestly look like? What can it, what should it honestly, we, is a biblical expectation. Because, because if we know the real, the, what the life is really going to look like, then we can try to figure out one, maybe how to improve that to some level and then at least be able to, you know, have a, the right expectation. Now, we can always see what we long for and what we would strive for, 
but we would have a more theological perspective, which would stop maybe the up and down roller coaster, emotional, feel guilty, discouraged, it's never going to work, or just having to keep going to conferences to get the pep rally so that you'll be fired up for a couple of months until you get to the next one. All right, I'm just going to stop. This is not the direction I am planned. I had the sermon notes right here. We didn't get to it. All right. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. The 2023 National Sword Conference has come to an end. The church is empty. The lights are off. Everyone has gone home. Others are in a hotel. They'll probably be leaving the area tomorrow morning, going to the airport. They'll be flying back. Everyone will go return to their normal life, a normal weekend. Now, once we return to that, what should our Christian lives look like? What is a reasonable expectation? We don't want to excuse. We don't want to make excuses for our apathy or lack of spirituality. But we all have to know there's a limit. And maybe sometimes we're sold something that we can't ever get to. Is that a defeatist attitude? Is that a jaded attitude? I don't think so. I think I'm trying to figure out theologically how we should look at this from a more biblical, rational, reasonable standpoint. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a wonderful night, and I hope you give this great thought and meditation. God bless.